Hello, caviar connoisseurs. I know you're excited to talk sports today, so without further ado, welcome to Sports Caviar with Hav and Burn. Welcome, connoisseurs. We are definitely excited to talk to you guys again. Week three, sports caviar. Tons of things happening in the world of sports. Hey, Burn, you were telling me something that happened to you uh, last week, and I, I believe it involved driving and you killing an animal. I mean, Javi, I, I think killing is a strong word. Um, but yes, uh, you know, it's driving home, and uh, unfortunately, a duck decided to, uh, you know, fly a little low and and uh, ended his life on my driver's side window. Uh, so, you know, a difficult time, very traumatizing. But you know, I look at it this way: I, I think that uh, he, you know, had some some issues going on in life. Maybe he was diagnosed with something, found out some bad news, and uh, you know, yeah, took his took his life into his own hands and, and decided to end it. So, you know, really, you know, really a sad story but uh i think it uh it ended the way it should have yeah i think that it's kind of ironic that you're blaming it completely on the duck as if you had nothing to do with it were you paying attention i look i mean was i going a little fast yes but but no uh, yeah it was definitely on him he decided to come i mean if, it, if he was hitting my front the front of my car i would say maybe a little more on me but to, to come right into the side like the way he did he was on a mission and 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 it happened. And was so, it driver's side? Yeah, driver's side. You know, right oh. there at the the side of the way. I'm telling you, we made eye contact. To be honest. Oh my god. And, um, but I will tell you, I just feel like, you know, maybe I just I helped him. You know, you know, he, he it was time. It was his time. Call me the Doctor Kaborkian of the of the animal kingdom. Uh, I did what had to be done. So, you know, pretty crazy story though. For for all the viewers out there, or all the listeners, I should say, we're not we're not there yet, but we are going to be there, folks. Just keep on listening to us. We're gonna get there together. But for all you listeners out there, uh, Bernie actually drives a 1994 Toyota Tercel. So kind of so you can picture this event occurring. <laughs> that's that's how it went down. Yes, with my No Fear T-shirt and, and purple bike pants. Are you yeah, wearing you that know, again? <laughs> favorite outfit favorite outfit but wow. you know he, he was flying low i mean less than six feet in the air i mean obviously you know there was a reason so uh yeah it was a great start to the week the thing that i wanted to talk about here is i, I you, you start scouring the internet and social media and things like that and we're only in week two of college football week 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 three of college football week two of nfl and I believe that there might be a little bit of overreacting. So my, my question to you is, how much solace do you have in each win slash loss this early in the season? Uh, you know, and, and you're using big words like that. Um, you know, we could just say, do you take comfort in certain things? But, you know, solace works. Uh, I think that uh, it's tough to, to say that, you know, choosing one side or the other. I think you there's easy overreactions. Um, as uh, this early in the season, but I think that some of them are uh, some some of them are valid, and it's it's reality. And and we can definitely, as we move forward, at you know, in, in our in our episode here, 
there's definitely some some teams that I would say, you know, there's there's concern and and there's valid reasons for that. But I think there's there was quite a few, at least on the college football front. I think there's some overreactions that uh, that that could be taking place that I I'm, I'm not too worried. Um, but you know, as we go through it, yeah, we can we can discuss. What about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that I think overall, it's just too early. No matter what, I, whether whether you think somebody looks good, you think a, a certain team looks bad. I think on either side of the pendulum, we're we're it's just it's too early. There, there's and and there were so many games that happened last weekend where we where we give examples on this, but the, I just think that the, that's the beauty of football in general, but I guess sports altogether. But in football, I feel like it takes you get to the midpoint in the season and that's when you can tell you have enough information on which teams you feel comfortable wagering on. If that's what you're talking about, or just if you're talking about which team looks like they could actually make a run in the playoffs. And so I think that the the beauty of it is, is that just this early in the season, we're just watching just really just for fun. Even as fans, you're kind of just taking it into perspective, getting your feet, under you just seeing what teams like look entertaining at this point because I, I don't think you can actually say without a doubt which team is going to go all the way at this point but I, I also wanted to point out that the word solace I don't think gets enough usage it, it, do you ever use that word in in just normal conversation uh, I think you've known me long enough that uh, that is not the case you know I I tend to I wouldn't say dumb it down, but I like to make sure that all all listeners, all uh, ages, understand what I'm trying to uh, get across. And so I don't I don't use those type of words uh, to be you know. And but I'll work on it. I'll try and do better. I feel like one of the things that you should try this upcoming week is to try to use solace just in like a random conversation and just see the reaction of the person that you're talking to. See if it kind of throws them off or if or or if they feel comfortable with it, maybe we could start normalizing solace. You, you know, know I, I, I'll, I'll do my best. And I imagine that if, uh, if the person knows me well enough, that they're going to be quite surprised and possibly impressed. Let's go to the college football recap. We got Florida State, Woo! Boston College. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you how I watch this game and then I'll get your thoughts on it, Vern. So I, I had the game recorded. Uh, which is not ideal whatsoever, but these noon kickoffs are killing me here. So you have, I, I was able to sneak back into the house to kind of fast forward through commercials and get the first half in there. And then Florida State's up three touchdowns, looking good. I felt like I could just leave the house again and be fine. I, I felt Florida State was fully in control. Um, and And then I guess just, I mean, I don't even know how to explain what happened after that. What What, what are your thoughts? No, same. I, I think, you know, and I was watching it from start to finish. It just, you know, the beginning was our typical Florida State starting slow. Uh, you know, got down a little bit. And then we said, you know what? Okay, let's go play FSU football. And, and like you said, up three touchdowns uh, in the third, 31-10. I'm like, okay. And that's why I feel like the players kind of like were relieved. Like, whew, okay we're good now. Like we're back. And I think we kind of, uh, you know, took the foot off the gas 
the costly turnovers, uh, that muffed kickoff um, by Benson. I don't know why he didn't fall on the ball right away. And then, you know, Toa Philly with the, the fumble and return for a touchdown. I think that hurt us. And then we just couldn't. And then, you know, again, Jordan Travis got hurt. Uh, so he's playing a little injured with his, you know, non-throwing shoulder. Or you had the fumble by Toafili. You have the the um, kickoff recovery by Boston College. Those things don't happen all the time. Um, but where where I was frustrated as a fan is okay. So those two things happen, and and the national title quality teams, what they do in those situations, for the most part, and and we talked about it being early in the season is they typically will respond at that point in time with some sort of score or just a long drive, like a six-minute drive with a field goal, and it just deflates everything that Boston College had going for them. And that's what we were missing, and it's the running game right now. The running We can't really lean on the running game at this point in the season, which is also concerning because Boston College is terrible at stopping the run, but they, mm-hmm. were, they, were, they were able to stack us up. So that I think – you're happy if you're Florida State that you escape with a win, but I, I'm sure they're doing some soul searching uh, this week before Clemson. You know? Oh, I mean, without a doubt. So again, yes, we we got away with the win, too close for comfort, but definitely a little bit of a, some concerns on the running game, like you say, because that that was our bread and butter last year. I mean, we you know, yeah. So yeah, we've got to get you know that. the. the the only thing that made me feel better about the Florida State situation because we played early is is that Alabama and Georgia also kind of struggled. So it kind of kind of took the spotlight off of us a little bit there because I felt like I was getting nine million texts around four o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. And then the text stopped. To, they started to dwindle after everybody saw Georgia and Alabama on the, on the ropes as well. What were your thoughts on those two games? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'm. I mean, surprising for sure, especially the Alabama USF game. I mean, for Alabama to, you know, pull that off 17 to three, that's just an ugly game, you know, a tough game for Alabama quarterbacks, uh, you know, Milrow didn't play, you know, they benched him for, uh, you know, and they, they had to play, end up playing both the backups um, and nothing good came out of it. So I imagine Milrow is probably going to get the nod this week. But he, they they announced that he is okay. So yeah, so I, which is not surprising. And but I mean, Alabama allowed you know over 150 yards rushing too against. I mean, you know they usually have a stout defensive line, usually can tr- contain that. And so I don't know. I, I it didn't look good for Alabama, that's for sure. But uh, oh wow, yeah, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, you know, tale of two halves. You know, Georgia allowed South Carolina to kind of control the first half before they really dominated the second, uh, you know, down 14-3. Then they scored 21 unanswered in the second half. South Carolina, second half, seven possessions, five – or eight possessions, five punts, two picks, and a turnover on downs. You know, Georgia's defense stepped up and and, and showed why they're, they're, they should be number one, but – which is what we were talking about with Florida State where they, you know, they responded, you know, and, you know, that's what we – our worry for Florida State was so. Yeah, um, I guess the yeah. difference between Georgia and FSU in in last weekend's games is that Georgia was down at halftime though, so mm-hmm. they're they're doing soul searching about what in the world happened in the first half here. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Florida State, they the game plan worked. It, it worked almost to perfection. You're up three scores. That's that's kind of like the golden ticket in college football. You get that three score lead. 
for the most part, you're you're able to just hit the coast button after that, you know? Yeah. So Georgia actually had to put on full gas mode and, and get to the point where they were going to win by 10 points, which I think is obviously in college football, wins are still a premium for sure. You still need to be able to prove to your team that you can have come from behind victories. But you wouldn't think it's going to happen at South Carolina, you know? And not being, you know, double-digit favorites. <laughs> so Yeah, so what it now now so then we move to the, the, the nighttime games here and then you have I thought Tennessee Florida was gonna be a close game and it just I from the start it just looked like Josh Heifel did not have his team ready for that game, man. What did you think? Same, same. I mean, they were not up for the task. Uh, I don't think they were prepared for for what UFO U, UF was gonna bring. You know, they had no answer for for Trevor ATN. I mean, what do you have? 172 yards and a tutty. I you know the second quarter was dominated by the Gators. I think they you know 20 to zero. Tennessee only got three possessions and interception, punt, punt, total yards 17 yards. <laughs> so uh, you know they just got behind in that first half and you know couldn't really do much in the second. Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. You know, I, I definitely thought Tennessee would pull it out. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe UF is better than I thought, and Tennessee is maybe not as good. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty good obvious for UF. That, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty obvious that – well, I mean, we established last week on the, on the show that, that we agree that, that uh, the Swamp is, is a tough place, place to play. But, but Milton just looked – just lost out there. I, I I could see why he's a transfer guy because it, it, it actually he played at Michigan, didn't he? He did. He did. How how was he over there? Was he wasn't he was he, the same he erratic? Yeah, failed experiment. Um, not yeah. you know his completion percentage was you know always on the low side. So yeah, so, he's a heck of an athlete. But but you're right. He he looked lost. He he's been having ever since he's been signed wherever he's going to play. There he's been getting all the hype and then. Anytime that, that I've seen him play, he's just average to me. Yeah, I mean, it's the arm strength. I mean, he can throw a mile, but, you know, I, his decision-making is, is questionable at times, and he's just a little erratic on his accuracy. So, you know. Yeah, if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a Rocky Top fan, I'm concerned. I, I would be concerned this early in the season for that team because there you have Austin P, which uh, ridiculous. We didn't even know they had a football team. They struggled with them. And then you just get basically just blown out in the swamp, even though the second half just came to a, a standstill offensively. For yeah, and, 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 you know, it ended ugly with some, some punches thrown and, you know, some frustrations carrying over. So, you know, it's a bad way to end the game. But, but yeah, I, I'd be concerned if I, was a, if I was a Tennessee fan today. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then we move on to the very late game. Were you able to stay up for the Colorado game? <sighs> you know, I tried. I tried, you know, to give Prime his uh, the time that he deserved, but I, I could not stay up for the whole game. But uh, I was able to catch some highlights and and, and get some uh, get some notes down on it for sure. Yeah, so I, I was watching the game all the way up, not the entire game, but I was watching a good amount of it, and I, I was able to stay up to the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. Colorado State had the game or had the ball; they were up by eight with three minutes, and I I. 
the momentum was in Colorado State's favor by far at that point in time. I was trying to stay up. I couldn't do it. I wake up in the middle of the night and I see them interviewing Coach Prime. And I'm like, this looks like Colorado came back to win. What the heck happened? So you got 40 seconds left in the game. Um, Shador is able to pull off a miracle. They, they sent it to overtime. They went in double overtime. Now, uh, I don't – okay, yes, it's a great win because you were down by eight with three minutes to go. But they were like – they were they were 28-point favorites going into this game. <laughs> they were supposed to watch Colorado yeah, State. That, that's my thing. It's, yeah, it's a great win. Look, you know, Prime's got them 3-0. and It's a great story. They've they, – I mean, they have some, some talent. They've got them playing well. But you're a 28-point favorite. And you let Colorado – you have to take them to double overtime to – to pull it out and like you said to be down eight with three minutes to go i mean they had to to not only tie the game up but then you know take them the double overtime to win so you know i'm not gonna take anything away from it great win for colorado but you know for somebody that we think is you know supposed to be a top 20 team i think that that's a little you know concerning that they allowed colorado state to to even get to that point yeah i mean and they technically should have lost the game the only reason why they were able to win is because they were playing colorado state now (laughs) Now I will say that are you uh, are, do you believe now and the that all that chatter that needs to stop until they start winning some meaningful games. Yeah, um, I, I believe that they're uh, you know better than they have been, and I believe that they've got a chance to be a, a good team and make a bowl. But let's get through this the gauntlet of the schedule, which you know starts this weekend. Yeah, and then there was uh, death threats on the yeah. linebacker, the late hit for Travis Hunter. He's out for a couple of weeks, and um, it's just – it really is sad um, that we're at this point in life where you know, a certain player is getting so much hype that if, if, you, if you hurt him in a football game, then your life's on the line. Like, what, what, are, we, what are we talking about here? Exactly, you know, and, and, and actually I – I respect and appreciate what coach prime was saying uh, the other day, you know, he, he addressed that and was just saying that, you know, that, that, that's just not right. It shouldn't be happening. You know, it was a, it was a football game. It was a football play. I, I could, we call it dirty. Yes. I probably would say it was, you know, we, it could have been avoided, but it, it happened a little late. Yeah. A little late. It, yeah. I, yeah. Rightfully so the penalty was called, but you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't deserve life. You know, some like, you know, threats on your life. And so well, pro- that probably doesn't help that LeBron James is tweeting about it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, with the hype that, like you said, the hype with Travis Hunter and the hype with the Sander family, it's just, uh, you know, I guess it comes to the territory, but it shouldn't come to, 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 to death threats. Yeah. And then so a couple a couple of notes on the top 10. There wasn't a, a, a ton of action in the rankings right now. Uh, Florida State did drop um, a spot. We switched with uh, Texas. To number four, uh, Bama. Bama dropped out of the top ten for the first time in eight years. Um, I I actually think that Bama should be lower than that. But do do yeah. you agree? Yeah, I, I would. I I think thirteen is probably a little little high. You know, they haven't showed us anything. I think they have serious question marks at the quarterback position. So I I yeah I, I think it's a little high. But I mean, it's it's Bama. So it's not surprising that they're taking that into account. They're getting the benefit of the doubt oh, yeah. because you got Nick Saban and, and things like that. But they, if, you, if you're 
if you're watching these games, they should not be the number thir- 13 team in the nation whatsoever. It was 3-3 three to three in the third quarter against <laughs> USF. Come on now, guys. USF, up and coming, I'm telling you. Well, and then you have um, – I thought this was kind of funny. This just goes to show you how much the AP poll matters because – so uh, Tennessee gets waxed by Florida. They, they, they give Florida credit by jumping them into the rankings at number 25 behind Tennessee at number 23 and it's just like everybody knows that those when you're that far in the rankings it doesn't matter what numbers you put people so if if, in my opinion Tennessee okay if they're that far down in the rankings just have them switch with Florida that Florida should be 23 Tennessee should be 25 that is the logic here who who (laughs) is thinking about this thing look I think they just you know they 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 have this formula they've decided that Okay, well, they can only drop so many spots on a loss, but I'm with you. It just it's it's stupid, you know. If you're you just got waxed by the team that you now are still ahead of in the rankings, it makes zero sense, especially that far down. You know, who yeah. cares if you would have flip flopped it from twenty four to twenty three, and Tennessee at twenty five? It would have been, the, it would have made way more sense. I'm okay. It is what it is. They'll be both out of the uh, rankings soon enough, anyways. Yeah, they the, the the people that care are just the the two the the two fan bases that are involved. Um, th- this weekend there's six ranked versus ranked games. There actually should be seven. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. I feel like Clemson should be ranked. So um, there's a full slate ahead, and we will definitely discuss that with you guys. One thing, um, Mel Tucker is going bye bye. Um, sexual misconduct. Uh, I'm actually watching the morning show right now on Apple TV. Have, do you watch that show? I do not. Please, okay, fill me in. It, just real quick, it's just it's it's Jennifer Aniston and it's a and um, Steve Carell and and the show begins with Steve Carell having to go on leave because of sexual misconduct, but it was actually um, consensual sex that he's saying that it that 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 was same thing that's happening with mel tucker correct so mel tucker is saying no no no, it was consensual and then but they're like okay but it doesn't matter because now we're in the news so we got to say goodbye to you you know yeah and 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 i think they're also admitting their mistake of giving him a 10-year 95 million dollar contract yeah he didn't deserve that (laughs) no god no i mean he has one good season uh beats michigan and all of a sudden you know you know he's the best coach. Uh, you know a top five coach in the in the country. It just and and now that's proven inaccurate. So, I mean, I, again, I I hope that the facts come out and and whatever happened happened. And but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, Mel Tucker is no longer going to be the Michigan State Spartans head coach. No, he is not. Probably doesn't matter um, too much in the world of college football. But and he's going to go out on a golden parachute anyway, so I'm sure he's probably okay with it to a certain extent. Yeah, he'll get a small. He'll he he won't get the remaining balance because they're going to try and fire him with cause. But you know they're going to find a, a payout and a, or a buyout. Yeah. And call it a day. Yeah, they'll get a buyout mm-hmm. now. Um, one thing that I am concerned uh, with is, is I'm kind of trusting these lines that are being put out by Vegas. But I really shouldn't be because they, they're kind of playing the guessing game as well. And so these lines that they put out as the season goes on start to be more accurate. The, they, they had Tennessee was – what was Tennessee last week at, at Florida? Oh, gosh. It was minus five. Five, five or six, right? Yeah. 
And I mean, could it have been any further (laughs) from the result there? And, and so it's like, okay, well, Vegas was way off on that one. And then Colorado was another one. They were minus 28 and then they, they barely went in, in double. I mean, Florida state, Georgia, Florida state, Georgia, Alabama. (laughs) It's like, I mean, they're not the, they're not able to ride the prediction machine right now yes, either. It so. was the weekend of the underdogs, that's for sure. Yeah. So now there was one, there was one cover that the sports caviar crew <laughs> was able to get out to our listeners, and that was Thursday night football, Minnesota covering backdoor Thursday night football. Hope you guys took it. Yeah, Hope you guys took it. That was a tough one for anybody that uh, bet on the Eagles. So one of the questions, actually, that I wanted to talk to you about is we were talking about the Philly game and, ha- and how we picked the game correctly on Sports Caviar. Take the, That's take right. the cover. Take the cover with Captain Kirk. Never a doubt. Garbage time. Captain Kirk comes through again. So I, I, I wanted to uh, uh, welcome Bijan to the show, by the way. Welcome. Bijan is back, baby. He's back. Oh, always a pleasure to be with all of you. Yes. The, the rugby for an eight formation uh, by the Eagles, just what's going on with that? I love it. I mean, we the game is becoming international. We got games in Europe now. What's next? Maybe New Zealand uh, for the home of rugby down there. So I love it. Let's see more of that, more large men pushing large men against large men. You, it sounds like sumo think? wrestling, but I'm, I'm for it. What do you think, Baron? I, I mean, yeah. What's not to like? I mean, and it, and it works. So, I mean, why not continue it? I think more teams should look into it, especially on short yard situations. I mean, take the one, two yards, or hey, look, man, put your big guys against my big big guys and, and see who wins. So, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that one there. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone in multiple directions. I, I chose to, to keep it PG. <laughs> the, the, I, I think it's kind of like the Wildcat formation. You know how I, – I, what was the first team that, that invented the Wildcat? Mm. Look at you it trying to – there was Stump one team that, that started it, wasn't it? Let me think back. Why do I feel like it's like an, a military one? Pop quiz here. It's pop <laughs> quiz. No, it was the NFL. It was, there was a team. In the, was it Miami? Yes, they did. With Was it Ron, uh, Ronnie Jones? Not Ronnie Jones. Um, they had that running back that fizzled out. Was it Ronnie Can Jones? somebody look into that, please? Um, so we have... It, yeah, so I, I just think it's kind of like the same ilk of that nature where it's you have uh, something that's new and, and you got to give Philly credit for coming up with this formation. I, I'm i not a Philly fan, so I hate it, but I get it also because it's like if it's third and one and fourth and one, just go back to back rugby formation and you're going to get the first down. So I unstoppable. My, my research is showing that uh, Pop Warner. Uh, ran the no. Wildcat no. formation from the 1920s. It no. was Ronnie Brown. No. No. Just a few years later <laughs> after that, Ronnie Brown, I believe he was out of Auburn and uh, left-handed as well. Ronnie Brown and the Miami yeah. Dolphins in 2008. Yeah, I feel like it was the Dolphins that, that started it in the NFL anyway. 
but um, but but the wildcat had got figured out and it's over. So you know this rugby thing is gonna have a shelf life. But it, I, I I think it's unique right now. I'm I'm just waiting for another team to figure it out. You know, a team that might be able to stop it. And and we're not talking about this game just yet because Philly does play Tampa on Monday night. But Vita Vea in the middle, what are you gonna do? Try try to go rugby formation on Vita Vea. Come on, he baby. wants he wants you to bring that. To him. <laughs> that's a monstrous man the the uh also i was you know I, we were eating at tijuana flats the other day and i don't i don't normally order a drink but my kids are obsessed with ordering soda when we go out to eat so um in certain occasions depending on the the cuisine that i'm indulging in i'll, I'll order a soda pop and i would say that it was just absolutely delicious. I, I got a root beer with the pellet ice in there, and and I was just like, "This is actually overrated here." The pellet ice. So my question to you guys is: Number one, do you order soda pop when you go out to eat? And number two, do you order it with regular ice, no ice, or do you completely prefer pellet ice? Bernie, you go first on this one. Well, first of all, I don't call it soda pop. Um, <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't know where where you're from, but good lord, uh, you know, I, no, I don't order, I don't order a soda. Um, you know, usually I just get a water, but I would get some ice, uh, and I would say that I think the pellet ice is overrated. Um, oh. I'm, I'm, I have very sensitive teeth, and I just don't think it uh, works well for me. Ah, that's so, why. Uh, I choose if I if there, if there's pellet ice, I usually go no ice. So I know I'm probably on the outside looking in with that one. Uh, opinion wise but uh, that's that's where I'm at that's that's very that's just a very bland situation right there what about you Bijan you know first of all let's let's respect Bernie needs a medical accommodation for ice and we'll recognize that <laughs> moving forward um, I'll say my career was launched my professional career a lot of it was launched on pellet ice my first job was at the great American cookie company um, in the Seminole Town Center Mall uh, that I believe is now just a really sad, <laughs> vacated. Uh, yes. Is it a skate park? What's happening there? It's a it's a roller skating rink. They're turning it into <laughs> roller derby. Roller derbies would be epic there. But I will tell you that mall workers and customers came from all around Central Florida for our pellet ice, largely popular. It's a differentiator. I am not a big soda pop, soda pop, whatever it is, drinker. But if I was going to be, I will tell you, in my unsweet tea, I prefer pellet ice. Oh, it's just so delicious. I actually, I, I wish that I had the pellet ice maker in my in my freezer at, at the house. It'd be a game changer. I and imagine you'll one, be uh, be purchasing that soon. One last note on the Seminole Town Center here, since you mentioned it. I, I feel like it would be a perfect addition to the, the next Stranger Things episode if they're looking for like a, a scary mall to go to. Let's, let's drive some revenue for it somehow. <laughs> but let's go to the NFL. So I, I know I know you guys are both uh, Detroit Lions fans, so we can start there. There, um, that was they, they they had a complete situation there where they they could have just started the season out two and zero. They they had everything right there for them. They nice little comeback to tie the game, and then they couldn't they couldn't convert so uh, uh Bijan, what were your thoughts on that game first of all tough week for cat lovers uh, or feline fanatics in the nfl so uh cincinnati lost 
Lions lost, Jacksonville lost, Carolina lost. That's not a surprise. So all four cats, big cats wow. lost this week. Um, just a tough, tough week. Wish I had some Sarah McLaughlin music in the background to add to the sadness. But this is a typical Lions movement. I think we sandwiched the first and the second quarter with back-to-back fumbles lost and then had a pick six. And we still only lost by six points. So we are almost getting to the point where our talent is able to cover for our consistent ineptitude, but we're not there yet. Tough one for the Lions. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Pretty much exactly what he said. I mean, it it just reminded me of the Lions of the old. You know, we we played well to win, but, you know, mistakes and just, you know, our inability to to get off the field on defense hurt us. You know, we made Geno look like a damn pro bowler. But, you know, at, here's the only positive I got out of this was we're two weeks in. We, you know, we started this, the the season off on the road against the Chiefs. And then we had our home game against the Seahawks. We're one and one. We just flipped what the expectations were. We're fine. Not going to freak out. We did have some injuries that are going to, you know, potentially hurt us. But, you know, the next four weeks are, are all winnable. And, you know, so that's – we're just going to see how this week goes. But, but yeah, disappointing as a, as a Lions fan because it, it, it should have been two. We should be 2-0. and Well, and especially because I had Detroit in a parlay, so I was yeah. really upset about that. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moved to 2-0 and against Chicago. That really wasn't too shocking. I, I think that um, Justin Fields is – he he got really unlucky by getting drafted by the Bears because he's that whatever's happening over there it just does not look like it's going to be good for his career. I, I'm not saying that he has no potential at all. Obviously, at once it fails completely in in Chicago, there's going to be another team that takes him. But uh, he wasn't able to get really much going against the Tampa defense. Tampa's defense does look pretty stout right now. I'm happy about that, and Baker Mayfield continues to roll. So, but I have I have a question for each of you. So there's there's a couple teams that have started out 2-0, a couple teams that have started out 0-2, but I wanted to hone in on a couple 0-2 teams here and ask you guys which ones you think, out of the two, should be a little bit more frightened than the other. So, Bijan, we have the Chargers and we have the Bengals both. What? Mm. what? Yes. Chargers, Bengals both 0-2. Both teams had some expectations coming into the season, and they failed to get the wins in the win column. So, Bijan, what do you think? Los Angeles supercharged. Not supercharged at all. Well, on offense, they are. So, Justin Herbert is solidifying that contract deal. They're averaging 27 points a game. That's almost four tutties. Offense is doing its job. Very concerned. Highly concerned about their defense. They are nearly last in the league in rushing yards per game and yards per play. Not a good combination. And their bottom half in third down conversions allowed. It, their defense is a mess. You saw it on the last uh, game, um, tying game winning drive for the Titans. Uh, a 50 yard pass given up to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and then a roughing the passer penalty. And then four uninspired two yard fall forwards by Derrick Henry, which is what he does. Uh, d- bad Chargers defense really hurting their chances on a loaded offense. So I'm concerned for the Chargers. And, and look, I think there's concern for both, but I, you know, I'm going to go the other direction. I, I think there's more concern for the Bengals. There was more expectations coming into the season. Uh, you know, Chargers are a playoff team or expect to be a playoff team. The Bengals were expected to be a Super Bowl contender. 
Um, and at the end of the day, the Bengals have now lost back-to-back games to divisional rivals. Burrow's hurt. You know, he's got that nagging injury. They just can't get things going. Uh, you know, there's a chance that, that Burrow, you know, is going to miss some time potentially. Uh, it's going to be a consistent injury. So I, I think I'm more concerned with the Bengals and not being able to, to get things going and, and and at least get a W off the out of the first two two games. So I think I'm more concerned there. Chargers, yeah, they're 0-2. But, I mean, what have they lost? The game's five points total between the two. You know, so yeah, one-score games, right. I think they, they can – they've got the offense – like Bijan said, I think they can they can turn and turn it around and 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 right the ship, so to speak. So, I'm I'm more concerned with the Bengals and and what they've done so far. Yeah, who's who's the Bengals' backup quarterback? Is it Achilles Smith? So, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Palmer. Will they re-sign AJ McCarron? Can they get him back from the XFL? Is he ready? They they could use him. Yeah, there, there's I, – you obviously have to look at the backup quarterback situation. It's, it's Jake Browning, the former Husky. Mm. Mm. Nothing oh, strikes boy. fear like a UConn football player. Or was that Washington? Okay. Yeah, the, Which, whichever, Washington, Washington. Whichever dog it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they could be definitely be in some trouble there. That's the problem when you, you dump all your resources out on the on, on your starting lineup. You, you have to have a reliable backup quarterback, I feel like, in this in this – league um there was man i have to apologize to our listeners i was a believer in the jags last week i i thought that they were gonna bring it a little bit more than what they did uh defensively they held kansas city to just 17 points so i was i was if you're a jags fan you should be happy take some solace with that uh, but mm. it's just uh, offensively, you got you have to score some touchdowns against Kansas City and Patty Precision Mahomes. Bert, I'll let you say whatever you want to say about that game here. I mean, I did. I was on record for for going the Chiefs to, to cover that. Uh, Me too. Um, Shocking up for Bernie yes, and I. Yes, but I mean, yeah, I I think it it, it shows where the Jags are, you know, against elite talent or elite uh, competition. Their defense, I think, is going to be top ten this year. They looked really good. They 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 hung in there and, and kept the Jags in there. But you you can't you can't trade field goals for touchdowns with the Chiefs and you know some some tough passes in the red zone by Trevor Lawrence that just you know the receivers caught but couldn't stay in bounds, couldn't get the two t- two feet in. But a you know horrible pass on on one of the red zone trips that that cost them and uh, you know again forced them to do a field goal. So. Uh, disappointing offensive uh, showing by the Jags, but again, you know, the game wasn't out of hand and they, they stayed in it and that's because of their defense. So not too concerned moving forward. I still think they, they win the South and, uh, and go from there. So, yeah. So I I would say that there's a recurring theme here. So you have two favorite teams, you have the, the Jags and the Lions. they're both one and one. And I, I feel like your takeaway is just, you're fine with it. You're just like, okay, we're, my teams are one and one. It's fine. It's fine. And then you just move on. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, yeah. look, Javi, you, if I would have, you look at the schedule from week one and you say, and you try and predict losses and wins, I, I was going to have them losing, to, each team losing to the Chiefs. And they both, and so we're both one and one and everything's fine. And, uh, you know, talk to me in four weeks and we might have a different story. But for now, everything's fine. You, you don't have to settle for average in life, Burn. You can, you can, 
you should you should demand some more excellence out of your team, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like Baker Mayfield in his two zero start, first time ever yeah. in his career. Yeah. You, you got to demand. Talk about talking again in four weeks. Team. We'll see mm-hmm. how that's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was a wild finish in the Washington Denver game. Actually, I, I mean, I don't really care about that game in, in general, but it was a really exciting ending to the game. Did any of you guys catch that? I did. I did. Yeah. Getting off the plane, I was watching on my uh, on the red zone on the phone, walking off the plane. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you think happened there, uh, Bijan? Uh, it's just it's just Denver Broncos football. Uh, that that's they're cursed. But I, I really want to talk about Brian Robinson. This guy is a stud. Eighteen for eighty seven, two tutties. He also caught two balls for forty two yards, one hundred thirty yards of total offense for him. Denver's got a problem. They had 122 rushing yards on the day, which doesn't sound bad, but 76 of it was from Russell Wilson. So offensive line is a a mess. Great, almost miracle, but just more heartbreak in Denver. I uh, I second that. You know, and Sean Payton starting 0-2, not exactly how he he drew it up, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, Denver's Denver's hurting. It's – it's probably Blue time a twenty-one to... three lead. Twenty-one three <laughs> lead at home. Yeah, and with that defense to give up that that you know thirty-five points, but that's just that's unacceptable. Yeah, and and in similar fashion, so they they squander a, a very large lead there in Denver, where in the air they the air is so thick you can't even breathe. <laughs> but you have the New York Giants. I remember you guys texting me. Brian um, specifically was was trying to make crack some jokes at the G men and to let them know that the NFL season has begun. And, you know, they're down 20 to nothing at halftime, just looking just like an inept football team. And they come back the last 18 minutes of the game to win the game. They lose Saquon Barkley, but they end up winning the game. What did you think about that, Burn? I mean, they, they, they have a comeback against Arizona high school Cardinals. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to put a lot of you know weight on this one. You know, great win for them. They they needed it. You know, if you want to, you know, be honest there. I mean, after that, well, they're one and one, so I guess they should be happy. Yeah, but everything's fine. But it's a costly. It's a costly win because they're they lost. They're losing Barkley for a little bit. Uh, you know, to a sprained ankle. Hopefully, it's not a high one. You know, hopefully, he only misses a week or two. But you know, again, great comeback. But it was against the Cardinals. I'm not really, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then you have the Dallas. Everybody's just riding Dallas right now. They love the Cowboys. Ugh. And and it was, I mean, Zach Wilson. Uh, he looked good in his uh, when he was coming into the game for Rogers in Week One, but that that was he was probably just riding adrenaline at that point. I and then when you actually game plan for him, he obviously is pick city, so he had three interceptions. Um, and and the the New York Jet defense they were trying to they were trying to tout them as well going into this game saying that the Jets have a chance to still make the playoffs even with Wilson because their defense is so dominant and they gave up almost 400 yards so I, I it's it's not looking good in Jetland um, I guess if you're a Dallas fan you're probably feeling just as good as Bucks fans right now two and zero is two and zero yeah. I their defense is elite, you know, but I mean they've also played the two New York teams, so we'll we'll see. But the Zach Wilson they swept New Jersey. So, sorry, New Jersey. Yeah, sorry, oh. New Jersey. But Zach the Zach Wilson experiment needs to probably end. 
uh, you know, there's got to be a quarterback out there that, that that can be more of a game manager and not turn the ball over like he does. He's, you know, a little erratic. So, I, you know, I wouldn't be happy. I'd be very, very, very concerned if I was a Jets fan today. Are they going to go after Brett Favre? Uh, how about oh, Carson my. Wentz? Yeah, I like Wentz. I think that's reasonable. And I actually want to take credit for that Giants when I sent the text to Brian Dable as well. I'm going to take ownership. I think that fired him up. Yeah. Well, something happened there at the, uh, in the end, tail end of the third quarter where they just woke up. So, um, Thanks, was, John. Was, was there any stats that uh, – was there any games, any receivers or anything like that that stood out to you, Burn? Oh, come on. How do we not talk about one of the cooler names in, in, in the NFL as well as a rookie, good old Puka Nakua? I, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I, I honestly don't know. I was Chris. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he, he. I mean, what he's done as a fifth-round pick this year, kind of filling in uh, for Cooper Cup, you know, during his time on the IR. I mean, 25 receptions through two games, uh, you know, 266 yards through two games. He's, you know, over 100 yards for the for two straight – for first two career games. So, he's setting records as a rookie. And he's up there just in general – you know, as, you know, as a player, uh, as a receiver. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy what he's doing. If anybody else has anything to chime in on that, but I, you got to love Puka. It's amazing. Great story. They play interchangeable parts. It's a great story and a great name. Yeah. So what's there not to like there? I love that call. I don't want to talk about in that G-Men game. I hate to keep going back to this, but if you're looking for some help on your fantasy roster, Michael Wilson. Go get him. He's available in most leagues. Young man out of Stanford. Led the team in targets and receptions. Had three catches for 56 yards. This is a bad team that's going to be trailing in a ton of games. Go get yourself Michael Wilson. He's not quite Puka, but he can help you out. Not to be confused with Michael Wilbon. (laughs) That's right. Michael Wilbon. More of a tight end. Wilbon's like a fullback. Eligible tackle. (laughs) I I don't know if Wilbon would probably be absolutely terrible at football. But yeah, you gotta you gotta love that Matt Stafford is throwing to uh, Puka and Tutu. I mean, no, that just sounds fun. <laughs> sounds like a luau. Yeah, I, I feel like they that. should go to the tiki bar after the game. Got got to be doing it, and it better be on Stafford's dime. You got you got CMC Music Factory over 100 yards rushing again. Impressive, San Francisco. They, they they're oh, looking really good early. Please stay healthy. It's a great man. That is a dominant. Uh, Anthony Richardson um, leaves the game with in concussion protocol. Uh, Bijan, do you have any concerns there? Here's what I love is they won the game. AR5 has put in a ton of work. He really showed in just a, a short amount of time, two rushing touchdowns. He was pretty efficient throwing the ball. I love the way that Indy has structured their quarterback room. They've got a high ceiling uh, guy with, AR as he develops. And they've also got a low floor guy with Minshew who they can plug in. Yeah, his ceiling's not as great, but he can manage the game. So great situation. Minshew did a nice job. That defense did a nice job. It's a concussion. Let's take care of the young man. But if you're an indie fan, you're not hating if you got to start Minshew for a game or two. Yeah, you don't you don't really like to see the concussions start to to roll in here this early in his career. Hopefully it's not another two a situation. But I, I would and then and I and I would say Minshew is a solid backup quarterback. So Cincinnati, 
take notes there. Mm, um, there. There was a Monday night game. Uh, there was actually two. I'm not a big fan of the dual Monday night football games, by the way. I feel like it's taking some pizzazz out of the fact that there should just be one premier game that night. But um, I, I was watching the Pittsburgh game, and that game uh, – that okay, so – we're gonna start. We're we're going to tally up our our pickums and 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 share it on our social media pages and stuff like that, so you can see we're all. At. I did have Pittsburgh. I believe that you two had Cleveland, right? I think that's the only one you got right this week, Hob. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But we'll the, look back. So what happened in that game, though? I'm watching the 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 last drive. Deshaun Watson. They lose Nick Chubb. Well, uh, that's just going to be brutal for them. Oh, uh, can we but, just take a moment? Just can we just have a moment for Nick Chubb yeah, and for all of out my for fantasy that. teams, mm. all of them? Just just a moment. Thank you. And there we go. And there it so, is. There, I mean, that's that's a brutal loss for the for the Pound Puppies, but um, mm. they they do still have their guaranteed contract quarterback in Deshaun Watson, so. They, they have the ball. Their defense does the job. They get a big stop. They get the ball back with three minutes to go. They're only down by four, so a touchdown wins the game. Uh, Pittsburgh decides to do the soft coverage thing and allow Cleveland to make their way at least to midfield. I don't know why NFL defenses do that, but that's for another topic. So they get to the 50-yard line at the two-minute warning. Plenty of time for Watson to do his thing. So... At that point in time, I'm thinking I'm thinking Cleveland's probably going to come back and win this game. But, it, but it, Pittsburgh actually decides to clamp down on defense. Now, on fourth and seven, I don't know if you guys saw the replay or not, but there was Watson through a little. That was PI. Route. That yeah, was PI. Definition so, of PI. It, it, it the guy that now I do think that that's just terrible defense because the guy he's not going to catch that ball. It was a t- poorly thrown um, football there by Watson. It, it was if he did catch it, he would have been out of bounds. But when you look at the replay, he's just getting his jersey's getting tugged there, and it's blatant. It's right in front of the referee. I, I don't even understand what they were looking at. But if I was a Browns fan right now, I am just salty. Over that call, yeah, tough one. I mean, it's just the Browns. They haven't been two and zero since the Reagan administration, the first Reagan administration, <laughs> and um, the pain just continues to trickle down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then obviously losing Nick Chubb, they're 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 uh, they're, they're going to be just in desperation mode in week three here. Can so. we can we get a curtain call for Kareem Hunt? Maybe uh, coming well, back. He's, he's meeting with them today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he is. So that I mean I, that could be a silver lining for them, but, but we'll have to see. All right, so we are going to play a little game here. It's going to be called "Don't." be nasty but before we do that i would like for us to allow Bijan to give us three underdog money line picks what it could be college it could be nfl we just need these underdog picks so that we know who we really should be rooting for this weekend Bijan, give it to us come on baby all right the dogs that hunt 
let's go to let's go. We're gonna stay on Saturdays. St- Saturdays in the South are a big deal for us. So they're all gonna be from uh, all gonna be from NCAA football. So get ready to win on Saturday. First one, Auburn take the Tigers in College Station plus two forty five. A great value for your money. Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies are a mess. Auburn is looking good. Top 20 in rushing yards. I feel like they'll control the game and the clock. They're top 40 in third down conversions. They're 3-0. Granted, two of those wins are against UMass. I, I, I don't know Marcus Canby was there. And Samford. But I like Auburn on the road because of that running game of defense. Take them plus 245. Second one, Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin. The mentee returns to beat Evil uh, Saban. Kind of a little Star Wars type thing here. I like them on the road. They're plus seven, but get them on the money line, plus 215. Lane Kiffin's offense, no surprise here. They are ninth in passing yards, eighth in yards per play in college football, an explosive offense. Alabama greatly struggled with that um, at home in Tuscaloosa against Texas. I think they'll see more of the same, and Lane Kiffin knows Saban and this team. Take Ole Miss. Bama, I'm going to get a little quiz here. Pop quiz, Burn. Combined for the two ties, uh, Ty, Ty Simpson and Tyler Butchner, what do you think their combined QBR is for Alabama right now? Oof. I'm going to go with 54.9. That is not a bad guess. And it's it sadly overrated. It's 36.7 <laughs> combined. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Guy. I don't think they can keep up with Kiffin in the offense. Old Miss wins that one. It's a great value, plus 215. Other one, going to go late and going to go to the West Coast. Give me the zaniness. Give me the Washington State Cougars over the Oregon State Beavers. So it's Beavers and Cougars. You can fill in the punchline there. Mm. Give me Washington State plus 124. Um, in Pullman, tough place to play. I like the Cougars' money line. So Auburn. Old Miss and your Washington State Cougars, your money line picks. Okay, so my question is uh, for our listeners out there: Do you think it's a great, just an absolute fantastic idea for them to just take all three of those picks and slap them in a parlay? You should, but you should hedge it by <laughs> taking the points and se- yeah, take some points in that as well. I like that because if you hit that. It's nice, but uh, it's, hard to hit I the mean, three. Uh, the three-legger stuff. Uh, and play responsibly, please. <laughs> I am taking this to the bank, baby. I'm going to do a, a, a Bijan three-team underdog parlay this Saturday. Love it. And and that would not be considered being nasty. I think that you would be the opposite for that one. So Let's go to the picks. All right. First game on the docket, we have Coach Prime at Oregon. Oregon is minus 18 on this game. There's no Travis Hunter. It's number 10 versus number 19. Burn. Who you got? (laughs) Look, I I love what Coach Prime is doing, but I think this is the first game that they're actually playing a a complete team and somebody that can match them. With Travis Hunter out, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is the humbling experience that Coach Prime and his team are, are probably needing to get off cloud nine. I'm going to take Oregon covering that one, and I would say 
significantly higher than the, the spread. Oh, wow. Bijan? Well, I like the number at 18. It's actually swelled to 21. Oh, um, baby. As we record this right now. I don't love that, but I, I think if I were going to bet it, I'd go with Burn. Here's what I love more. Bet the over. 71 and a half. These teams, neither team interested in defense. Oregon's averaging 58, 58 points a game on their own. Take the over here. This could be in the mid-80s. Yeah, I'm wondering. Another mid-80s reference twice in a podcast. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if that is taken into consideration that there's no Travis Hunter. I feel like uh, he's a massive weapon for Shador and company on offense there. That they're and, he's, and he's one of their top DBs to cover. Yeah. I just, yeah. 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 So I guess it's a wash then. So um, I'm, I'm with uh, Burn on this one. I'm going to take, especially now that it's 21. Uh, I'll take, mm, I'm going to take Oregon. I'm going to take Oregon uh, minus 21 as well. Okay. So we got two, two Oregon covers and then Bijan goes uh, the other way and goes over. So no, I'm, I'm picking the, I'm picking the total. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to mess with the spread. Okay. I feel like he's being nasty then, you know, so, he didn't even so, decide to choose the pick. So uh, Bijan defers, defers. That is what we like to consider on Sports Caviar, being nasty. <laughs> so let's go to Ohio State, Notre Dame. Bijan, Notre Dame, plus two and a half against the Buckeyes at home. Who you got? I, I think that this is, should be the other way. I think the Irish should be uh, favored. Their defense is the story, too. Top five defense, uh, including red – they're fo- top five in, in several defensive categories, including red zone efficiency, third down percentage. This defense – Ohio State's offense has not looked great. Their offense for Notre Dame is also good. Give me the Irish. This is this is stealing for me. Take the money line. Don't, just don't take the points. Take the money line. How about four money line picks for you? I like it. Burn. Gosh, he's continuing his nastiness. <laughs> you know, uh, but no, I, I think I'm actually, gonna, you know, I'm look, I don't like either one of these teams being a Michigan guy, but I, what Notre Dame's done so far, I mean, Sam Hartman looks fantastic. Like Bajan's saying, their defense is, is stout. Ohio State has not, you know, looked as, as sharp as you would expect. I, you know, coming into having them to travel to Notre Dame, I just think taking the home dog here is the way to go. I think Notre Dame covers that. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Notre Dame money line as well with Bijan. I, not even just the cover. I, I think the cover is a safe play for all you guys out there. But if you feel like getting spicy on a Saturday night and drinking a spicy margarita at home <laughs> on a Saturday night, just take the money line and go with Sam Hartman, Heisman candidate now. By the way, so mm. um, not too early to start talking about that. Yes, it never is. Um, and then, so we're just going to pick two NFL games. We'll go to Florida teams. We all, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and assume we all think Jacksonville is going to win this weekend. So, um, yes, next there's, uh, Miami's minus six and a half Denver coming to town. What what do you think about that one? Bijan? Another no brainer. I, I got this at minus five and a half when it opened, I would get it at six. 
Denver's bad, and Miami's good. I don't know what else I could throw out stats. Why is the game Miami like just, and a half then? But sometimes it's just that easy. Just take the points. Fends up. They're coming back home after a big win. Yes, there could be a letdown. I don't think much is going to change in six days. Denver is who they are. Miami is who they are, which is a really good football team. Miami um, goes to 3-0. and Denver 0-3. Yeah, I mean – Here's what I look at. I mean, if if Sam Howell, Terry McLaren, and Jahan Dotson can put up points, I'm pretty sure that Tua, Hill, and Waddle can put up some points. So I I I I take I give the points. Miami wins, you know, easily. Yeah, I I'm we're in agreement on that one to cover. But the only thing, the only little caveat here, and I don't know if that means that I'm being nasty or not, but the. It, I don't like when Vegas does these little fishy lines. And we talked about the how Vegas has been off on a couple games uh, in the college world earlier in the show. And I feel like this one's kind of one of those. They, they, I, the spread on this game should not be six and a half. And if it opened at five, I don't that that's even more baffling to me. So it's got the it's got the aroma of fish on there. And that kind of makes me a little weary to pick it. But I'm going to go ahead and trust my gut. We'll go on to Miami to cover clean sweep here at the Sports Caviar Pick'em stage. Mm, now, last game, and this is a big one, baby. Monday night football. You got two undefeated Giants in the NFL. The Eagles at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is getting five and a half at home. What do you think, Bijan? Come on. Have you're going to love this. So we just talked about line movement. This opened at seven. It's down to five and a half. Philly is going to win this game, but fire the cannons. I'm taking the bucks plus five and a half. Philly wins 24, 20. Mm. Burn. I, you know, I've really appreciated what Bijan has brought to the table on these pickums, but uh, in, until this one, and now I'm, I'm strongly disagreeing. <laughs> Philly is the better team, you know, up and down that roster, I don't, I don't care what you, what you say about that one. But I think the Eagles cover. I think they win by a touchdown. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, yeah, nothing else to say about it. Eagles cover. Okay. Well, we, as we've well established on our first couple episodes, you, I think you do have a third favorite team in the NFL, which it, 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 I <laughs> might as well just come clean. Come clean. No, I just, I just go, I'm not going to jump on, on your bandwagon in the Bucks. Um, you know, Baker 2-0 and to start, to start the season. Great. He doesn't, he doesn't go three. Yeah, I think that he's only thrown one interception in, in the first two weeks total as well, Ooh. which which I I don't know about you, but I think that a lot of people, that's one of the knocks that you have with Baker is that he was too much of a gunslinger and just erratic back there. And he seems to have, he seems to have um, come away from that. So I am going to take Tampa Bay to cover, and I will probably also sprinkle a little cheese on Tampa Bay to, to win because you know what? I believe, I believe, fire the cannons. And I would say Bijan and myself won this little game here. Burn, you were being nasty. Oh, uh, well, I look forward to next week when we, uh, we confirm that that's an up. accurate statement. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, some quick nuggets in another land of MLB. 
that I thought was pretty interesting. So Otani, he's done officially in in um, with the California Angels franchise, and he cleaned out his locker. He had surgery. He's uh, he's officially um, ruled out for pitching in in twenty twenty four. He's just going to be available to hit, and then they they expect him to be able to pitch in twenty twenty five. So a lot of stuff happening with Otani. We know that his time with the Angels is done. What what did you think about that, um, Bijan? The California Angels is Rod Carew still on the roster? I love that. Um, yes, it's Tim Salmon. It's too bad. Yeah. Oh, mm, delightful salmon. Uh, those uniforms are awful with the wings on them. Ooh, some of the worst. I- I'll say it's a shame for baseball. I'm sad because it's it's the modern day Babe Ruth, and we won't see that again until at least 25, and maybe he comes back as a reliever. This is well documented. I think he stays in the West Coast for the other LA team. But we'll see. And it could be a discounted rate for them now that he's a little bit banged up. More to come. Byrne, did you have any thoughts about Otani Saga? Uh, honestly, no, I don't. You know, I you know like like Bajan said, I think it's it's sad for baseball that we're gonna miss out on the on what you know, what he's done for both pitching and, and hitting in twenty twenty four. But you know, it's a great story that what he's done and I think he'll stay on the West Coast like we've we've mentioned in the past. And, uh, you know, that's what do it you, is. Do you think that it affects his uh, the fact that he's not going to be able to pitch in the first year and just a red flag in general? Do you think that that affects the amount of money that he's going to get? No, I still think he's going to be in that, you know, 50, 50 plus million a year. And because they're going to the thought process is he's going to he'll rake in 2024 and most likely end up in the bullpen, you know, in 2025 and beyond. So he'll earn his money. I'm not I, I think that's. Yeah, there's no question about that. The the timing of the injury is not the best for Otani because, yeah, I mean, he was just on his way to winning all kinds of MVPs. He still might win the MVP. Yeah. Um, I think he still should. Yeah, but it's just, you know, you're, you're a free agent getting ready to get the most money that anybody could ever imagine, and then you have to have surgery and you claim that you can't pitch anymore for the next season. So I think that, that the timing of it is horrible. There There's – there's going to be some concern. Obviously, you're going to sign him if you get the chance, but there's I, you're you're going to be a little bit ambivalent now. So, uh, Bijan, we were going over division winners with you in week one, and I think your claim was that the Cubbies were going to win the Central. Oh, my. Hopefully no one listened to that. Oh, Lord, what a terrible pick. Oh, off of the cliff. The Cubs have done just the full Steve Bartman into the basement. They're hanging on for the wild card now. The uh, the red legs are right there. Completely wrong about that one. Yeah. And then, and then there's um, Houston, Texas. That's a really close battle. And Baltimore, Tampa. They're, the, both of those divisions are going to come down to the wire. So that's kind of exciting for baseball. Yeah, the wild card has brought so much into it in those two divisions. Really proud and impressed with Balmer. Tough series with Tampa Bay last weekend. They did manage to salvage a game, but they have really played well this week and opened up a two-and-a-half game lead in that division. What a great story that would be coming down to the wire with about 10 games left. And and speaking, that's, that's also good. Speaking of the Rays, they announced that they were uh, – the mayor, I believe, was was hoping to build a – $1.2 billion stadium, not in Tampa, but in St. Pete. What, what did you think about that? 
I love. I it. don't know. It just yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, it keeps them keeps them in Florida, keeps them uh, local. Um, I, I feel I'm happy for the fan base that they get that. You know, they keep their team, and you know, it's right it's right over the bridge. I mean, come on. Yeah, I like that too, Burn. Is it good? I hope that they will allow some sunlight in this one. It's not just a, a thunderdome yes. of sadness. <laughs> yeah. It's like arena football. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? The I, I I didn't really I thought this was terrible for the franchise. They they the reason why they have such an issue with attendance is because of the logistics of that stupid bridge. Yes, it's just a bridge, but it takes forever to get across. And and people that are coming from Central Florida and they want to go down and see the Yankees or whoever their favorite team is play the Rays because that's who goes to these games. They <laughs> they want to be able to just go on I-4 and assume that it's only going to take maybe, maybe 80 minutes to get to the game. That's doable. But when you talk about two and a half hours, three and a half, three hours because of traffic and all this bull crap, I, I think it's a nightmare for them, they're losing out on millions of dollars in revenue by putting it in St. Pete. So I just don't understand it. It's probably the same people that vote in the AP poll that are that made the decisions to make this stadium in St. Pete. Is that <laughs> fair to say? I, I, some, Gator some... snuck in the AP poll, 25. Yeah, 25 uh, uh, Bijan, what did you think about the fact – I'm happy that you're on the show here. What did you think about the fact that the Gators were behind Tennessee in the AP we deserve to be behind Tennessee in the AP. We need to put together – we own Tennessee. I, I hate to say this, but that was – yes, it's a great win, but we expect to beat Tennessee. We've got to take care of the rest of the schedule. This will be a breather here with Charlotte, and then it gets really tough. And that's going to do it for us here at Sports Caviar. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, comment on our social media pages on anything you want us to talk about. We really appreciate you connoisseurs. Next time you order some caviar, remember your side of sports.